Welcome this Halloween night to our very first Halloween campfire special. Gather around the campfire with us and join in as we hear a variety of spooky stories from our friends and family. We'll start tonight off with Sarah to share the legend of a poor Native American woman from years gone past. But first, some shout outs. Shout out from Nick to Troy, of course. Any other Thank shout you. outs? <laughs> um, Frank, you're forgetting the most important one. Go Shout ahead. out to our number one super fan, David Hoy. David Hoy. Hope you're listening. <laughs> uh, shout, you know, I'm going to give a shout out to a guest that's coming on in, in a little bit. Maybe your number two super fan, Nick's mom, Deborah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Any shout outs? I did. Home? I will say, I did realize when I was going through her, uh, I was looking at her podcast app with her. She did She did skip some episodes, but she's going back to listen to them. <laughs> Uh-oh. We should ask her what episode she skipped. No, maybe not. Maybe to protect our feelings, we won't. Uh, any other shout-outs from anyone? Uh, yeah, there's a shout-out from Nick to Troy. Great. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Two in one. That's great. Thank you. And, and we, <laughs> gotta, keep it, gotta keep it going. Of course, of course. And, um, I also do have a, another shout out um, for uh, Fallon and I have a uh, housing agent, and she just started listening recently and really mm. loved episode thirteen. So shout out to Nikki. Remind me, what was thirteen? It was Doctor Best the House. Vampires, so yeah, naturally, naturally. Awesome. Uh, and Fallon also has a shout out. So as promised, um, I'd like to shout out our Sleepy Hollow Cemetery tour guide, Nadia. Definitely <laughs> to Sleepy Hollow just to take her tour. Yeah, the cemetery girl. I remember asking her, like, are you see like into history? Like what you know, she's like, I just like cemeteries. I can't believe she you're was calling very her the impressed with girl. our business card. Awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> there you go. And of course, one last one. Got a shout out my girlfriend Maddie, who sadly cannot be here to tell stories and listen in because she has to wake up very early for work tomorrow. Rest in peace, literally, Maddie. Yes, literally. Okay, nine to five, the true horror. Honestly, no, it's even worse. Well, it's like six to four thirty. Yikes! So, as I said, let's uh, let's gather in and Sarah. I'll hand it off to you. Thank you. Okay, so happy Halloween, everyone. Happy Halloween. Halloween. Yeah, thanks. Um, (laughs) And my story takes place uh, at a spooky waterfall called Bashbish Falls. Whoa. Now, when you hear Bashbish Falls, where do you think it got its name from? Bangladesh. Okay. (laughs) Uh, Anyone else? It sounds like a food. No, it doesn't. Anyone else? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> no idea. Bash bish kind of sounds like the sound that water makes, right? Bash bish. Oh. Bash bish. Are you making that up or is that, right? is that <laughs> wait a minute? It's usually splash no. splish. Well, okay. It ties into the end of my story. But it's That's actually okay. named after a gorgeous absolute baddie of a Mohican woman 
<laughs> who was either thrown over the waterfall or threw herself over the waterfall. So Bashbish Falls is the tallest single drop waterfall in Massachusetts. It is in the Taconic Mountains of Berkshire County. Um, and it's basically like in the southwest corner of the whole state. It's 80 feet tall. And there is a body of water directly next to Bashbish Falls called Bashbish Brook. Bashbish Brook. I like the alliteration. Bashbish Brook. So what is the legend of Bashbish? Bashbish was the name of a, like I said, absolute baddie of a Mohegan <laughs> woman who was really hot, like by all accounts. I'm not sure like what the accounts were or how credible they are, but apparently, according to lots of people, she was gorgeous. She was like this gorgeous woman. And just like all gorgeous women back in that time, there had to be something wrong with her. <laughs> so people tried to accuse her of adultery, uh, which was kind of weird because her tribe was pretty cool with polygamy and divorce. So that's kind of weird. But they were really upset about the adultery. And uh, she was sent to her death over the falls. And they were going to kill her by tying her to a canoe and then sending her over the waterfall and letting her plunge to her death as the canoe, all of the broken parts of the canoe would just like impale her. Oh um, and the water underneath the falls is really shallow. So she would be, she's a goner, you know? So as she was being hurled over the falls, like the, like the morning comes, she's going to be executed. She's like, all right, tie me up. So they tied her up to the canoe um, and they hurled her over the falls and they're like, yay, the cheater is dead. Satanist, whatever. Um, <laughs> legend has it that a ring of butterflies was seen as a halo over her head as she perished to her death. So, like, as she's going over the falls, this halo of butterflies appears above her. Whoa. What do you think? Are butterflies that smart? I mean... Uh, I, I think they are. They're love... smart enough to become, like... They're smart enough to come out of caterpillar cocoons, so that's true. I love butterflies. I think they're Shout smart. Shout out to yeah. butterflies. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, what's spooky about the story, or the first thing that's spooky, is that um, after she died, her body was not found. Only the wooden pieces <gasps> of the canoe were found floating around the waterfall's base, and no one could find her body at all. Sucks. There is an alternative to the story too. The alternative is way cooler, okay? So the alternative is that Bash Bish, on the morning of her execution, conjured a mist, like a fog okay. around her. Okay. A fog around her, as well as a ring of pure white butterflies. So she con so she conjured up this like misty scene where you couldn't see through. And as the spectacle just entranced everyone like everyone's like what the hell is going on it's so misty in the morning now wow right bash bish was able to break free from the restraints <laughs> of the canoe or she was able to just run away from them before she was even tied up and she was like you know what i'm gonna go out but i'm going out on my terms she climbed to the top of the waterfall and then let herself plunge to her death oh. 
there is also okay wait there's also a third story the third story is that Besh Bish, instead of this mass of butterflies being around her as she's running away there is a third alternative where she runs all the way up to the falls she's gonna kill herself and then she turns around and looks at her people like turns around she's like you tribe you people are trying to kill me you know but she's like hot okay so she's like hot she's yeah. she's saying this like looking looking around um and the butterflies went up to her and started circling around her head like a crown and they just kept increasing in speed and it formed a tornado what, what? that's and that's then, where tornadoes come from and then, and then as as the butterflies are rapidly circling her head she leaps off of the cliff and kills herself damn either way she dies but based on what happened whether she was hurled over in a canoe or whether she killed herself with a butterfly crown whichever story is true after she died and they looked down at her you know not their body you know they, they looked down at where she uh, where she jumped they were like witch <laughs> so obviously she's a witch now right wow um so because she was a witch she actually left an infant daughter behind whose name was white swan and people didn't really like white swan and they thought that her mother who was obviously a witch kind of like cursed her but white swan ended up being really hot so no one really cared because White Swan was even more beautiful than her mother. Unfortunately, White Swan was married to the chief's son at the time in the tribe and could not conceive a child, could not conceive an heir. Disgusting. And we all know what happens when a woman cannot conceive an heir in the olden times, guys. Up with her head. Which? <laughs> Which? Right? Mm-hmm. This actually didn't happen. Um, so White Swan was apparently like so upset that she couldn't conceive a child. The chief's son had to take another wife because he's like, listen, I love you so much and I respect you, but you're not doing what needs to be done. I am the Aww. chief's son, so I have to take another wife. I'm going to use her for her eggs, but you oh I'm going to keep loving because I actually love you. So this is actually kind of like a healthy situation, but White Swan doesn't see it that way. And she is so distressed that her husband had to take a new wife, white, right? Um, so she takes herself up to the rocks where her mom killed herself, right? And she sees this butterfly floating by her. And apparently when she sees this butterfly, she hears her mother's voice telling her it was time. What? <laughs> and, oh my God. And, and so she's like, mother, this is the instructions I've been waiting for. So she literally plunged herself over the falls, just like her mom, apparently, and her husband that loved her so much that was actually on his way to go comfort her because he knew that she was depressed, bravely leapt over the falls, killed himself too. They found his body, but they never found her body. Also, apparently, as she was about to throw herself over the falls, White Swan kept crying, mother, mother. Mother, take me into your arms. And then, like, the guy, the the the, the dude who... Her, her husband, right? Her husband, who went down to, to see what was going on with his wife, um, saw a white-robed woman step out of the waterfall, stretching out her arms. 
So a white swan would like fall into our arms, but also die. You know? Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I know. Right. Okay. Um, so those are the different stories. Uh, so kind of spooky, but what's even more spooky is that 25 people have died in modern times at Bashbish Falls. Most Ooh. of the deaths have happened because people are kind of dumb and they just kind of jump off well, because they're like, oh, that water looks deep down there. And then it's too late before they realize it's not. But it's kind of weird that so many people have wanted to jump off the falls. And some people say that, especially on misty days, they can hear soft voices of a woman with a siren voice trying to lure them into jumping and joining them in the spirit world. So who knows? People might be jumping because they want to be with Bashbish, right? Um other people have seen the water in the waterfalls take on the shape of a woman. You know? Ooh, dem hips. It's, all, it's like Who in know? Moana. It is Moana. Actually, Bashbish, Moana. Whoa. Um, and on a few occasions, people have reported seeing a haunting image of a woman's face staring up at them from the water beneath the falls. That is scary. That's like the even, body bog in Lord of the Rings. Yeah. I was just yeah even if that. she's hot, that's scary. That's freaky. Um, so I guess don't go to Bashbish Falls. There's a witch that lives there with her daughter. And they'll try to get you to jump into the falls with them and kill yourself. They're like water nymphs. And they are nymphs. And that concludes my story. Wow. Wow. What a, what a way to kick it off. Mm-hmm. That was great. That was great, Sarah. I thought I really thought it was going to be less dark, but that's like I thought there. I thought it was going to be like the last the last moment. The mother's like, "Don't do. You have so much to live for. Don't don't repeat what I did." But uh, mm -hmm. she's like, "Nah." No, <laughs> no she's here. like, "Girl, come with me. There's there's so Men, much right? stuff here. You can get pregnant in this world." <laughs> Ooh. Really. So, um, yeah, that's people wild. killing them. Pretty spooky, um, and butterfly crowns. So, so let me ask: Do you want to go hiking here? I don't. I'm kind of scared now. I don't want to see a woman looking up at me from beneath the falls. That is very creepy. Deborah. Deborah. <laughs> As I go down, yeah. 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 You so. Hey. Very cool. You know. Very cool. Any other comments? I really like that that was my second uh, witch story on the podcast. True. Um, please like the podcast and leave comments that you want Sarah back on to talk about witches again. Yeah, I heard Sarah wants to do a periodic uh, witch story. Witch every, every series, year, yeah. Around, I think it would be great. That's fantastic. Because I'm a witch, so. I can confirm. Well, to the falls you go. <laughs> to the fall, yeah. <laughs> Thank you, everyone. Thank you. Thank you. And now we'll continue. So my story is related to spirits that have passed that have come back to connect with you. When I was a teacher in 2006, I had two young boys in eighth grade who had a lot of learning issues. So I had them for math 
English resource room. And then I went and supported them in their social studies and science class. So we spent almost the whole day together every single day. So we were very, very close and they loved to play tricks on me when they would go to my room every single day one or the other of the boys would go into the room, shut my lights off (laughs) and they would hide on me until I came back into the room. And then they would jump out and try to scare me. These were eighth grade boys. Uh, Ryan and Richie were their names. So we had a wonderful year. They were great kids. We had so much fun. And unfortunately, in the middle of June, right before school ended, they were out on a Sunday afternoon using a golf cart and they weren't wearing helmets. And unfortunately they decided to shoot out into the road on the golf cart and they were hit by a car and ended up passing away. So it was a very traumatic experience for myself, for all of the other staff at school and of course all of the students. So we spent an a lot of time helping the kids through, went to the wake, and then the day of the funeral came. And through this whole thing, I was constantly, as I'm sure many of you do when you lose people that are close to you, you talk to them. And you're hoping that they're okay, that they're in a safe place, that they're in heaven, which is what I was hoping for the boys. And so I talked to them every day. And the day of the funeral came and I woke up in the morning like I always did. Nicholas was about seven and my daughter Emily was nine. And I went into the bathroom so that I could get ready. And as many of you know who have been to our house, the shower is in a different room than the rest of the bathroom. And the light switch is on the outside of my entrance to get into the room with the shower. And I was in the shower crying, talking to the boys and out of nowhere, the lights went off. And I thought, of course, it was Nicholas or Emily. They woke up and they were playing a trick on me. And about 10 or 15 seconds later, the light switch went back on. And I thought, okay, weird. I'll have to tell my my husband. Yeah, I'll have to tell my husband that there's an issue with the power, something weird. 15 seconds later, the lights went out again. And wow, then they turned back on. I thought for sure it was still Emily or Nicholas. So I got out of the shower. I went into both of their bedrooms. They were sound asleep. So as I'm trying, yeah. As I'm trying to figure out what happened, I started to think back to what I was doing in the shower at that moment when the lights went out the first time. And I was talking to the boys and I was asking them to give me a sign on that day of the funeral that they were okay. And knowing that that's what they did in life with me turning the lights off and flicking them back on. And I knew that it was them coming to me that morning to say goodbye and to let me know that they were okay. Wow. 
What a sweet story. I'm so sorry yeah. for your loss. Yeah. It, it, but it, in that moment when I, I just knew it was them, just this amazing peace came over me that I knew that they were okay. They weren't here anymore, but they were yeah. okay. And those boys were best friends. So I knew they were together because mm-hmm. the lights didn't go off just once. They went off twice. So I know each of the boys came and, and said goodbye and wanted to let me know that they were safe and happy where they were. It's very Aww. sweet. Aww, that's so sweet. And that is my story of the spirits coming to connect with me. That's, thank you so much. That, that reminds me, um, you mentioned that that's, you know, you had that very personal connection. You felt that it was a very personal message. My mom had a pretty similar sort of uh, thing happen to her after my grandpa passed away. And she really is the same kind of wording that, you know, the moment it clicked, she knew it was a it was a sign meant for her personally that he was okay. I think it's so interesting when you hear these sorts of stories that it always comes with that sense of, you know, that understanding, right? I really think that's and and the peace, yeah, the the peace peace because you know they are specifically reaching out to you because they know that in that moment you need that. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Thank you, thank you so much for for coming on and for listening to this. Yeah, thank you. Oh my gosh, I love your show. Thank you. Thank you. I see your the, the feedback that you've put on the site. We got to publish that somewhere. But yeah, thank you for coming on and, and for sharing your story. And hopefully, hopefully they uh, they heard they, they heard you uh, you tell us and they're in a good place. Um, yes. And if they can hear me and know that I'm telling this, they are laughing up there that I'm still telling this story all of those years later. <laughs> I'm sure. Thank you again. All right. Have a good night, guys. You You too. too. Bye. Wow. I'm going to be telling a couple stories involving Japanese yokai, which I don't know a a lot about, like specifically, but I know of yokai and I find it very interesting because they, in like Japanese folklore and mythology, it's kind of like animism in the sense that there can be a yokai for anything, which I think is really cool. So the first one we're going to talk about is a man-eating ogre woman, <laughs> i.e. an oni, who is said to reside in the wild mountains. Hell yes. <laughs> so at the base of a large mountain lived a family with three sons. One day... The mother tells her sons that she must go away for a short while and that they must keep the door closed, no matter who comes knocking. It was known to everyone in the area that a man-eating ogre woman lived in the dense forest near the mountain's peak. If she knows that the boys are home alone, she will come knocking. Once the mother has given her warning, she leaves, and that night, there comes a knock at the door. When the oldest son reaches the door, he asks, Who's there? The ragged voice of a woman says, I'm your neighbor and I desperately need help. The 
oldest son refuses to open the door, believing it to be the ogre woman in disguise. The next night, there comes another knock at the door. When the youngest son asks, who's there? A silky, soft woman's voice answers, I, I am a friend of your mother's, here to deliver a message. Show me your hand, says the youngest son. Through the crack in the door, the son spies a weathered hand with long fingers covered in coarse hair. He refuses to answer the door. On the third night, there is one more knock at the door. The middle son asks, who's there? The voice of a woman answers, it's your mother. I have come home. When the middle son asks to see her hand, he sees through the crack only a soft, delicate white hand. Satisfied, he opens the door. There, filling the doorframe, is the ogre woman. She reaches out and snatches the middle son, devouring him quickly. The two remaining sons, the two remaining sons, flee the house and gather up armfuls of stones before climbing a nearby tree so tall it might reach the heavens. When the when the ogre gives chase and makes it halfway up the tree, the boys rain down stones on her head. The ogre loses her balance and crashes to the ground, her blood seeping into the roots of the tree. Damn. So that's her first yokai story. Okay. That's how the story ends. Wait. Yep. That's how the story ends. So the just with her blood. Okay. Does that explain like why there's like a tree that's like red or something? Like is that leading? Maybe that's why cherry blossoms have pink petals. (laughs) Yo, maybe she's like she's giving the tree the iron that it needs to grow. Maybe. Nice. Lots of nutrients in those roots. Nice. The next story is about the Mokumokuren, or Many Eyes. Oh, I love this. Whose origin may be traced back to scholar, poet, and artist Toriyama Sekien. Maybe that's how you pronounce it. Sorry for any mispronunciations of Japanese words. Please direct names. your complaints to uh, five star reviews. Put them in the description. <laughs> <laughs> so. The Mokumokuren yokai is said to haunt the shoji screens and tatami mats of Japanese homes and temples. And so this is one such story of the Mokumokuren yokai. The Mokurenji, or Temple of Many Eyes, had been abandoned for as long as anyone could remember. No monk tended the temple, but there were frequent whispers of a fox, perhaps a... Sorry. Perhaps a tanuki roaming the temple grounds and real quick i looked it up tanuki to see if maybe it was like a fox spirit situation it's not it's It's raccoon i was gonna ask that yeah how did you what how'd you know that aaron super mario but there is like in like in the mythology japanese mythology it can also be something that shapeshifts i digress more whispers were told about the temple and why it had been abandoned it soon became a place of legends and local myths, with children claiming that any man brave enough to last a night alone in Mukurenji would be re- rewarded with an evening of pleasure with the most beautiful woman in the village. Whoa. During one autumn festival, a traveling peddler by the name of Yoshimaru passed through the village. After the festival, a group of local merry drunks made a bet with the peddler that he couldn't last a night inside the temple. With a full bottle of sake in hand, 
Yoshimaru enters enters the temple, gets comfortable, and begins to drink. Once night falls, the screaming begins. From outside, the local drunks can hear the vivid wailing of the peddler as he howls, the eyes, the eyes, all around him, (laughs) peeking out from the old shoji screens of the temple. Countless eyes appear and twist Yoshimaru's mind. Come dawn, the village men peek inside to find nothing left of the peddler but a blood-soaked rag and a pair of eyes. Oh. Oh, ew. His eyes? Ew. (laughs) (laughs) Were were his added to the collection? Perhaps. That story was just called The Eyes. Damn. Oh. All right. So it sounds like he got the evening of pleasure? Yeah, I mean, the pleasure just wasn't had by him. Mm. It's by the Mocha Mocha Red. <laughs> oh my god. Oh. Nick, that was actually spooky. Now I'm scared. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah, the yokai. There's so many great yokai stories. Nick, you should... I really would want to. There's uh, there's that one author. Yeah. I forget his name, but he does a lot of yokai you should do uh, research and just Japanese folklore research, which is very fascinating. Very unique stories you know and very you present them well so that'd be a great episode in the future mm-hmm. thank you very much next Pleasure. up we have the one and only troy the, the prodigal shout out man hello everyone <laughs> happy you, halloween we've shouted out we've shouted him out enough mm-hmm. you've spoken my name enough and i've appeared for the second time oh. so i have a a couple stories, um, but maybe maybe not as dark. Maybe maybe this will help relieve Sarah's fear here. Um, <laughs> I'll start with a first one, um, which I won't do too much introduction for because I don't think it really needs one. Um, it goes like this. I hope no one hears our terrible secret, I said to my friend. I did, said Big Ears Man. <laughs> <laughs> so um i haven't had too much paranormal stuff happen to me and may have misunderstood the assignment so to to add a little bit of comedy in i'd like where can i find the best horror stories out there to tell so i went to my subreddit r slash two sentence horror and what i have is a a brief collection of some of my favorites i found there Perfect. Technically falls under horror, so y'all just get comfy and prepare to be spooked. As I took my first steps on the moon, radio contact with home base was suddenly cut. I turned my gaze to look back home, but Earth was gone. No. (laughs) (laughs) Gamma ray burst, you know. Yeah. I mean... It would explain why the contact with home base was cut. Very true. That's that's true. (laughs) Uh, This one, this one's a little bit of a back and forth, so it's technically more than two sentences, but the initial stories too. So the police claimed they arrived two hours after the life had been taken. Turns out it was longer than that. A dubious commenter asks, what does that mean? To which the storyteller responds, the murder was three hours ago. 
<laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm, I'm not laughing. I'm I'm quaking in fear, and my my voice I, is. Uh, I'm, I'm literally right. shaking. Me Shiver too. me timbers, as they say. Oh. Just uh, make sure the lights aren't off in your room because it only goes darker from here. Oh, I'm prepared. I sure hope my sandwich doesn't have pickles. I was then shot to death by Pickle Man. <laughs> That's terrifying. A, a cautionary tale about bringing life to your fears. Was the Frank, man watch the out. I know. Sorry, what was that? Was the, the man's name Rick by any chance? The, um, the poster doesn't clarify, but <laughs> as with many of these stories, I think you can extrapolate the details to fit. Wow. I wow. forgot my cocaine in the White House. Now cocaine bear is precedent. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great movie. So, let's hope he can vote on a budget. True. So I can keep my job. That's true. For those who don't know, Troy works for the government. It's an undercover FBI. He's your each and end, when each and every one of ours FBI agent. Yep. Watching us. All Fun facts. Go directly to paying my rent. So thank you to, uh, <laughs> to our listeners. One day, a man left his house to go fishing. But when he returned to his wife, there was only the fish. <laughs> hey, that's pretty scary, actually. That one, where'd you go? That's really scary. That is scary. Why was the fish at the house? Wasn't he bringing the fish? Well, exactly. You I have to hire a detective scary. to check the details, but maybe the insinuation <laughs> is that the fish murdered, uh, murdered the wife. Damn. Maybe it wanted its place. Maybe he got catfish. <laughs> nice comedy and horror <clears throat> bird one uh oh bird two don't worry he only has one stone <laughs> <laughs> okay that's that's funny that's good well um there, there's a subgenre two sentence horror where obviously the goal is to to give a simple shock, you know, bit of a, oh, I didn't expect that, double entendre, something like that. Mm -hmm. But then there's people who start to get a little too creative and end up technically having two sentences, but they're both ridiculously long run-on sentences. <laughs> so it ends up being a short paragraph. Um, this one here is my favorite of such. Yeah, I was going to ask, like, do you have examples? And... Oh, of course I do. Father. I made two new friends today at school, said my daughter, handing me a picture she drew of them. Hey, wait a minute. These are the O'Hank brothers who are wanted for child murder but have eluded me, the chief of police, for a year. And now so I'm especially worried about your brother, who doesn't seem to be with you, I replied. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's, it's well known that you, you don't give too much exposition in the... The later acts of your story but this guy um clearly had to work with the spacey well i think clearly the son killed the child murderers you know i'd like to see I, uh like a Netflix now he's on the run live action series of that story i would too At netflix least... has paid for worse projects so 
As long as it's like ten seasons, then I think yeah, I'll be ten fine seasons, hundred yeah. episodes per season. Uh, I was so happy we were going to finally watch the Mario movie. That's when I noticed we were going into the Wario movie. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> wow! <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> so, obviously. Everyone has been there, you know, you, you double check in the theater you walk into, but to go into the anathema of what you think it's going to be would be terrifying. You hate um, to see that. I've got just a couple more, um, one of which has been ridiculed by me and my friends who play my favorite horror game, Phasmophobia, in which when you mm. load up a contract on a map, usually a small house or larger, like a mental asylum, that gives you a little blurb about it kind of tease it and for one of these the bleasdale farmhouse it says a beautiful traditional house in the woods it's a shame nobody was around to hear the residents running for their lives damn which we just laugh about a little bit because it gives us memories of the other beautiful two sentence horrors we are all aware of now good game uh, i've got one uh well one special one that took me a little bit to find but i think being Halloween and with a certain movie coming out soon, it's fitting. It's only five night. <laughs> it only five night. Freddy Fazbear, spelled B A R E, with three periods in the sentence. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like, like a moanless on a Wednesday. I was, I was yeah. Thinking, yeah. Oh wait, bear like. B A R E? Yeah, Freddy Fazbear, F A Z B A R E. So. so, do you know Five Nights at Freddy's? Naked. Right. Oh. Yes. Or he's baring his teeth to the. Oh, the yeah. Oh, or yeah. Or, oh, yeah, of course. Sarah, Five do Nights. you know Five Nights at Freddy's? Yes, I know Five Nights at Freddy's. Okay. Yes. I didn't well, know. If, he's naked. I'd like to think he's just exercising his right to bare arms. <laughs> Mm -hmm. nice. <laughs> nice. and the guy making the animatronics was exercising his right to arm bears exactly wow now earlier tonight i was actually thinking you know maybe i should contribute something paranormal so i was really racking my brain for anything that's happened to me and then i realized that while it's not a single story it's kind of something that has happened to many of my family members um and I was just going to say it out here to see if any of our listeners can relate or any of you guys. Um, it seems like something gives people I know like a warning, a mental jolt whenever someone they care about is about to get hurt. So my dad well, always tells a tale of my grandma about um, the time when he was out riding his bike and he was turning around to laugh with a friend and then didn't notice that he was going straight into a parked car. And he knocked his head. You know, he got concussed, broke his nose. And that day, my grandma was just tending to the house as she did. And um, she got like a bad headache. I was like, I wonder what's going on here. Like, uh, my dad hasn't been, uh, been back yet. I thought, you know. Something, something might have happened. So when she goes looking, knowing that he was out on the bike, she finds 
him there, you know, and was able to get help. Uh, so it's just kind of a premonition of sorts. Of, oh gosh, something bad just happened. Like what? What could this be? And then narrowing it down. Um, this happens several times with my family, um, where my dad frequently doesn't really give a heads up when he was coming home from work. Um, but sometimes he would get the idea of, let me let me call and see what's what's going on there. He would just get this itch in the back of his head like something's up. And when he would, it would always be some, you know, the one that stands out to me the most was when I fell off a stool, like busted my lip. He wasn't home, but he knew something was up before he was aware of the event at all. Before he was home, which is kind of cool. Um, and obviously, it's pretty easy to write these off as like, oh, well, you only notice that when it's right. You know, the, the ones that stick out in your memory is when you think something's up and then something actually is up, not when you think sure. something's up and it's not. But I've had it happen to me, too. Recently, a couple months ago, um, Abby was out. My Abby, my girlfriend, um, was out at an event. And it was still well within, you know, the time when she was expected to get home and she was out with friends. But I was like, huh, I, I got that itch. I was like, I need to give her a call and make sure everything's OK. So I did. And it turns out that mere minutes before she had almost been hit by a car while crossing the street. Oh, my God. So I just wanted to open the question up. Has any one else here had a similar premonition? Because I've had it also happen for good things of just that. But obviously, you know, with enough ambition, if you're envisioning success, you can get it. But not often is there an idea of something bad just happened and I need to make sure everything's okay before you actually know that something happened. Wow. I, you know, I know. Wow. I didn't, I've never had that feeling, but my, uh, my friend Chris has said he's felt that before where he gets a feeling something bad is going to happen and then so there have been bad things that have happened to him that we won't get into right now but mm-hmm. i yeah. ha- we need to get chris on episode one day i know i know i told you winter time winter time exactly when you get fired or something yeah uh um, yeah <laughs> troy i've heard those sorts of stories many 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 times before that is um that is something really common uh, mm-hmm. people in my family have experienced somewhat similar things like like premonitions and, and such but I've heard stories that are really similar I've heard ones where a you know kids are playing in the backyard to have a pool and a parent is in like front yard or like the other side of the property and they mm-hmm. very distinctly hear the name of their child like said out loud in their head in the voice mm-hmm. of a deceased family member and they're like, what? And they run back and they see like the kids drowning. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, no, I think that. Well, I, that exact that thing, that exact thing that you just described happened to my mom. What? Yeah. When we were kids, it wasn't about us, though. It was about Lily, our dog. When she was still kind of a, a puppy, we were we had friends over and I was in the pool with uh like the, my parents, friends, kids, and Emma, and my sister Emily, we were just hanging out. And my mom hears uh, the voice of my uncle Mike, who passed away when I was like five or six. And she and she hears Deborah, where's Lily? And she's like, she gets up, 
tries to find where the dog is. We, the gate's wide open because we just left it open, but um, she was out in the middle of the road, and my dad went oh out and God. like stopped an 18-wheeler to <laughs> go pick her up. What? Well, that's crazy. That's- yeah. Okay. Uh, sometimes, uh, sometimes I have those feelings about Frank. Like, oh, something, something bad's gonna happen. I have that about you. And then I'm like, yeah. Yeah, but I feel like you're going with you're gonna make this into a wait. Yeah, well, go ahead. <laughs> so you're joking. I'm serious. So go ahead. You finish. No, 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 no. You be serious. <laughs> okay, I'll be serious first. Then you be. Okay, yeah. Be, you you be serious. I've noticed stuff like I think people that you're very close with. Um, I don't know if it's paranormal, but I think you like might mind meld a bit. I don't know if anyone with their like partners mm-hmm. has ever like been about to say something out loud and then their partner says that thing out loud, right? Like mm-hmm. Sarah reads my mind like all the time. Like I'll I'll be thinking randomly, like, oh you know, what should we do for this particular night for dinner, like, you know, in a few days from now. And so I'll be like, I think we should make mac and cheese Friday night or something like that. Right. And I'll be like, what the heck? Um Yeah. And I I don't really tell Sarah this, but no, I get <laughs> Sarah's gone through a lot as a PhD student, you know, master's student, lots of schools, difficult times. I would, and some not as much, but I would, I would get pretty often like feelings like something's going on. I should reach out, and more often than not, you know, I'm I'm accurate, and something like something bad has happened, or something she needs to tell me about has happened. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. honey, your mm-hmm. turn. What? No, no, I don't want to say my. <laughs> no, go ahead, say it. No, I was going to be like, oh, it's so bad. I love my boyfriend, everyone. I love him. He's the love of my life. He's great. Okay, I love my boyfriend. Ahead. Come on. Okay, I just want to preface it. I was going to say, yeah, sometimes I have those uh, feelings about Frank, but I'm like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> nice. He can handle it. Yeah, uh, he's a big boy. Eh. Yeah. I'll uh I'll leave the listeners with appropriately two final sentences on this topic. If you ever get that feeling in the back of your head, it might just be worth checking it out. But pray. Pray to whatever gods you honor that it's not Freddy Fazbear. <laughs> <laughs> Happy Halloween. Thank you, Troy. Thank you. Thank you. Those are great. That's great. Thank you for bringing some brevity and then some some serious stuff. Of course. Aaron, I saw you unmute. Uh, did you want to say anything about that? Or yeah, Fallon was going to tell her story about that kind of experience. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. So this didn't happen to me, but it happened to my mom. And uh, she was like, I think doing electrical work or something with her father. And her brother was like out doing something. They didn't really, it's not important to the story. But um, my mom kept getting this weird feeling of like dread, like something's terribly wrong. And after a little while, she looked at her dad and she's like, something is wrong and he goes i know and he's like let's put this away and as soon as they finished like putting away their tools and stuff they got a call that her brother was actually in a really bad car accident oh my god like it didn't kill him but it was like very easily could have been lethal oh no 
there you go. I wow. I mean, I guess question for for you, Fallon, and, and for everyone. Like, what, what do, you, do you guys think that that's that's just like another sense that we have that we just don't really understand very well? Like, what do you think that is? I mean, say so because you can't like make that up. There is no mm -hmm. prior knowledge. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. I mean, yeah, it does seem like when you start asking. Everyone knows someone who has that sort of experience, if they haven't even experienced it themselves. Thank you for sharing. Thanks. Aaron, you are our penultimate story, or stories, yeah. not sure. We're saving the best one for last, so. There you go. Oh, Your so pen and teller. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Thank you, Thank Nick. You, Nick. <laughs> just, just happy Shout to out Nick from Troy, I'd like to say. Oh, <laughs> you know how my throat would do that weird thing in church sometimes? <laughs> Aaron? That wasn't me. Oh. Take it away, so, Aaron. <laughs> all right. So first of all, I'd like to preface this by saying uh, I'd like to give credit to Weird NJ. Um, Great website. Very, I think I shouted it out before for one of the episodes, the Union Hotel. But... They covered this story the best, uh, and I kind of went off of that. So, uh, shout out to them. There once was an unnamed woman who lived in the vast farms and woods of New Jersey in the early 1900s. She herself lived on a farm far away from the rest of the town because she was made fun of relentlessly as a child. So, she made a promise to herself that once she moved to the farm, no more teasing whatever happened to her because she was so secluded. This did not last too long. As she was tending to her garden one day, she was approached by a group of young boys uh, and they harassed her, made jokes about her and how her face was hideous and that she looked like a pig. And they kept teasing her, calling her pig lady. <laughs> This isn't funny, Frank. This is supposed to be scary. <laughs> they decided that it would be a fun idea to push the joke even further and come back later that night and gift the pig lady with a slaughtered pig head placed on her doorstep. These kids followed through with their plan, and that was the last time they were seen. However, many years later... As the town grew, things expanded, changed properties, whatnot. Uh, the missing kids' bones were discovered in the spot where the pig lady's garden once was. If that's not spooky enough, to this day her spirit haunts this very location. And to summon pig lady, all you have to do is drive to the location, flash your high beams, beep the horn, and shout, pig lady, pig lady, pig lady. <laughs> then you have to leave one of your group members on the road and drive away without looking back. Oh, no. I volunteer Frank. No, no, no. You're giving me flashbacks to when you guys did that. Remember? <laughs> yep. Yeah. After you had a milkshake, no less. Oh, God. But you drive away without looking back. And you drive down the road until you get to the end. And then you loop around and go back to see 
is your friend still there? Um, to see what they had heard, seen, encountered. Um, and that whole loop is about 10 minutes long. So if you're the friend, the unfortunate of the group that gets left behind, you are in the middle of the woods, in the dark, nobody around for 10 minutes. Could Shy feel like an eternity. An evening of pleasure. <laughs> no. It's actually a, uh, an account of this happening. Oh. So there was a group of friends, all terrified by this story. They've all heard it before. But there was one of the group. Um, I'm not going to post their names, but uh, one of the group uh, called the rest of, you know, the rest of the friends childish and stupid for believing in the pig lady. So they decided to put it to the test. They went to go perform the ritual. So they drove out to the location, you know, flash the high beams, beep the horn, shout pig lady. And they left her outside the car and she began taunting and making fun of the pig lady. And just as the legend says, they sped away without looking back. And 10 minutes later, when they returned, their friend was nowhere to be seen. After some exploration, they found her and heard crying coming from a bush where they eventually found the friend. And it wasn't until later that night when they discovered she was covered in scratches from head to toe. She never spoke to the group again and was so terrified of this incident that she moved. And that is the legend of the pig lady. Wow. Maybe she, maybe it wasn't Pig Lady. Maybe Mantis Man just showed up by accident. They got the ritual ritual wrong slightly. Mantis Man tends to like rivers more, I believe. But, Dang. <laughs> but wow. Yeah. That could is, be Mantis Man. You know, it sounds like Bloody Mary, you know. Yeah, it's but got very lady. similar elements, but it was Pig Lady. It's easy to, to laugh at it. But like the the idea of uh, being with being with your buddies and then kicking out one of them and then driving off, I mean that's just that's just that's just. And then scary. ten minutes alone in the dark. Yeah, that's just like I'm not gonna kid. That's just very scary. Yeah, yeah. Especially just being out in the wilderness for ten minutes alone with seemingly no one to help you could be scary. Like a mountain lion could come out and get you or something. You never know. Well, Troy, you were a scout. How would how, how do you feel about the woods at night? I mean, you get pretty used to the idea of being out there. Obviously, mm-hmm. the woods I've camped in, you don't have many predators to fear, other than I mean bears, but the Jersey not Devil necessarily no the Jersey Devil, true, or in a Ouija board. Um, <laughs> What you do get taught, though, and this is not just a Boy Scout thing, but a wilderness survival thing is, you know, if if you're under the assumption that your friends are coming back or something or you're awaiting a rescue of any kind, so you get lost on a hike, stay put. Do not right. wander. Don't try and forage your way through in the dark, because as I've said before on this podcast, you might end up walking in circles. But yes, the further the further of a trail you leave behind, the harder it is to find you. But also, if you're not getting rescued, uh, a downhill for water generally is a good rule of thumb. Downhill for water. 
and Moss Points North, West. And can't you ride the rocks like the pioneers I did? I think it's North. To safety. Well, yes, just like in SpongeBob. Thanks. thanks. Good reference, honey. Thank, thank you, <laughs> thank you, Sarah. I was like, no one, no one's gonna. I didn't watch SpongeBob. I'm sorry. SpongeBob That's the real horror. <laughs> yeah, it is right. Um. Wow. That's a great one, Aaron. Thank you. And last, but certainly not least, Fallon, would you like to close us out? Uh, so, pretty short story, and I have no idea how to credit this blog that I found, but it's Jack MC or Mick blog on WordPress.com. Got it. Uh, so, the story is called Lavender. A ghost story from Ramapo, New York. And we all love the uh, the former Ramapo stop on the highway there. But uh, so it says there's a tale of an event years ago in Ramapo, New York. Two boys wanted to go to a high school dance, so they borrowed a car and drove off towards the high school. Along the road, they came across a young girl who was hitchhiking. She told them that her name was Lavender. She happened to also be wearing a lavender-colored dress. She was on her way to the dance as well, so they offered her a ride. They arrived at the dance, and one of the boys in particular was especially taken with lavender, and they danced the night away. His friend, however, did not recall his friend being able to dance at all. It was getting late, and it was time to leave. When lavender got into the car, one of the boys noticed that she was cold to the touch. He put his jacket around her to keep her warm. He told them where she lived, and as they approached the bridge to cross into the village where she lived, she suddenly told them to stop and let her out at the bridge. They did so, and they drove off. The next day, the boys realized that Lavender still had the one boy's jacket. They decided to drive to her village to find her and get it back. They started through the town, stopping at each home, asking if they knew Lavender. Each home told them they couldn't help them. Finally, they knocked on the door of an old lady's house. She answered and told them that yes, she did know Lavender. She was her daughter. They told her she must have been mistaken because Lavender was much too young to be her daughter. She said, no, that sounds like her. And she showed them a picture of her. And sure enough, it was the girl they had seen the night before. However, she said, Lavender died years ago when she was struck by a truck on the bridge on her way to the school dance. She told them that she was buried in the Ramapo Cemetery. The boys just couldn't believe that and they, as they saw her the night before. On the way home, they decided to stop by the cemetery and see for themselves if her grave was really there. As they walked into the cemetery, they saw the boy's jacket hanging over a tombstone. (laughs) It was the grave of Lavender. The end of the story. Very nice. Nice, classic, Resurrection Mary-style story. Very nice. A woman in white. Mm Mm-hmm. Gets in the car, tells you where to go, pulls off. Lavender. Yeah, woman of lavender in this case. Yeah, woman, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, tells you to pull off where you think is weird, and she disappears. It's a classic. It's a classic. Very spooky. I mean... Ooh, just imagine that, right? I mean, something that you know you can physically touch and and interact with, and then yeah, very creepy. Very creepy. Well, we should visit the the Ramapo 
cemetery. How far is that from us? Is it far? Okay, so we, we, we could go there. We should go. We should look for a grave. We should just look for a grave. Yeah, let's bring a jacket. All right. Next Halloween. Next Halloween. Rhyme of bow. Yeah, we'll do the the sleepy hollow trip. There we go. We'll we'll do a recording in a cemetery. We'll get lavender uh, though. No. To dial on. We'll get the we'll get Aaron's Ouija board. No, we had an agreement, Frank, and it was that he could only buy it if he wasn't going to use it. Well, if Nick's episode is is any indication, then that's a good that's a good agreement. I think it's a safe bet, very safe bet. Well, thank you, Fallon. It's a wonderful story. Thank you, everyone, for stopping by tonight. I hope you enjoy the rest of your. Halloween. As for everyone listening at home, we'll see you next. 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 Wednesday in November. I can't believe it's already going to be November. And any closing statements before I close us out? I won. What is it? Ooh. Well, that's all for tonight's show. <laughs> Remember to leave us a review on Spotify, <laughs> Apple Podcasts, wherever you tune in. If you enjoyed, submit feedback at wednesday9pm.com slash 18. Wow, we've done 18 episodes. That's Also, cool. submit your spooky stories and we'll keep them and collect them yeah. for next year. And we'll tell your stories next Halloween. That'd be very cool. And we'll definitely invite everyone here back because not to speak for Nick and Aaron, but that was a lot of fun. It was really great for you guys to join, to hear stories uh, of different levels of incredulity. If that's how you pronounce that. Maybe that's a GRE word. I haven't gotten there yet, though. There you go. <laughs> um, I hope you guys enjoyed and tell your friends to tune in. Of course. Thanks for listening. And like I said, We'll see you next, next, next Wednesday at 9 p.m. Stay spooky.